Welcome to the Pelican Brief. I am your host, David Tatman. In this episode, we will highlight the just completed week six of the 2023 regular session of the Louisiana legislature and preview what is ahead in week seven. So we roughly have about three weeks remaining in the 2023 regular session, uh, actually of 24 days, if you're counting from right now. Last week, the pace was insane. Um, and it likely will be the busiest week of the session, although I think week seven will give it a run for its money uh, with uh, one less committee meeting than they had last week, but they haven't scheduled Senate insurance yet, so it'll be about the same pace, although there are fewer instruments in each bill. But because of where we are in the process, most of the bills that have survived thus far uh, are a little more controversial. So you'll see some long committee meetings, and certainly you'll see uh, elements reflective of longer floor debate. So let's talk, uh, we've been talking about insurance for most of the session. You know, we have a property insurance crisis in the state of Louisiana, and so there are a number of instruments in the process that are moving along uh, that are designed to help bring markets back to Louisiana. So um, on the insurance front, we uh, will again mention uh, House Bill 110 by Gabe Ferment, which uh, would require insurers to offer a fortified roof endorsement uh, when their home is upgraded uh, from a non-fortified uh, roof home. Uh, that bill is on the Senate floor. Is it, ex- it is expected to pass and go to the governor. If it doesn't take any amendments, it will go to the governor for action. So staying on uh, the insurance topic, um, uh, there's also House Bill 183 uh, by uh, Representative Gabe Furman, again, from Pollock, Louisiana. Um, It uh, has to do with assignment of benefits. This was something that was pretty significant in the Florida market that Governor DeSantis and the legislature uh, recently addressed. But this is a big issue in our state, and uh, this— uh, will go a long way toward uh, improving Louisiana's insurance market. This legislation will likely be on the Senate Insurance Committee agenda uh, this week, this upcoming week. So, um, again, staying on insurance, House Bill 298 by Representative Matthew Willard out of New Orleans would uh, require insurers to offer a an actuarially justified uh, discount for building uh, or retrofitting a fortified roof. This bill's passed the process and actually has been what we set, what we call enrolled. So this means that the bill now goes to the governor for action. Very likely, the governor will sign uh, this bill into law. Uh, also on the agenda, House Bill Forty Nine by Representative Huval uh, from Brobridge, Louisiana, provides for a uh, more open 
insurance market rating system. It eliminates the prior approval portion of the rate-making law currently and allows companies the ability to set their rates based on actuarial standards. The bill was hotly debated on the House floor. In fact, uh, uh, Louisiana Insurance Commissioner Jim Donilon uh, has been fighting this legislation throughout the process. Legislation passed the House floor uh, on Thursday after a lengthy debate. Interestingly enough, it, it passed with only 56 votes. It needed 53. But by the time that bill came up on the House floor on Thursday, 26 representatives were not present. 23 voted against it. So this is a bill that I think has broad-based support in the legislature. So more to come on insurance. It's something that affects all of us uh, in our everyday life. But let's talk about some of the high-profile issues uh, that are being debated in Louisiana legislature. So a bill filed uh, after the death of LSU student uh, Madison Brooks that would have banned underage people under the age of 21 from entering a bar in Louisiana uh, was um, heavily amended uh, in the face of uh, stiff resistance. The um, bill, Senate Bill 194, by Senator Beth Mizell, a Republican from Franklinton, was approved by the Senate Judiciary B Committee on Tuesday, but only after significant amendments that removed the language that actually bans the 18 to 20-year-olds being in bars. Those uh, changes turn this bill and uh, make it uh, more focused on penalties for bars, uh, cart violating liquor laws, and uh, making it easier for people uh, hurt by underage uh, drinking to sue bar owners. But a lot of people express concerns about the 18 to 20-year-olds being banned from bars because, well, first off, there are a lot of people who work in bars who are 18 to 20 years old. I know that when I was in college, I worked in a bar from the time I was 18 till I was about 22. And uh, so the whole employment thing is a big issue. And then there are some others that are concerned that if you ban 18 to 20-year-olds from bars, there are going to be more underground parties uh, without supervision, supervision, and that may actually end up creating more problems. Don't know, don't really have a position on it, but the bill right now is really about tougher penalties. Uh, it uh, increases the consequences for bar owners and employees. They could... If they serve an underage person, um, fines would be increased, uh, and again, it would open the, the uh, owners of the bar up for civil litigation. Uh, the right to action provisions in the bill take aim at Louisiana's what's called anti-dram shop laws, uh, and this is the ability for individuals to sue bars uh, when they drink too much at those establishments. So the vast majority of states have dram shop laws on the books, uh, but it'll change the world because the reality of it is is that bar owners are going to have to uh, buy insurance for this. So it's going to kick up costs, and the the causes of action will be about uh, suing insurance companies. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot to this, a lot more than I think people realize. It's a tragic event, what, what, uh, what happened uh this is something that we'll keep an eye on, but it is definitely something uh, that has been uh, heavily in the news and will continue to be in the news. So let's move over to criminal justice. The uh, Louisiana House on Thursday approved a bill to make some juvenile criminal records public. Uh, 
an effort that would apply to three of the state's most populous uh, parishes and the three parishes with the highest crime rate. So House Bill 321 uh, would make, uh, this is by Debbie Villio from uh, Metairie, would make some court records public for juveniles as young as 13 in Caddo Orleans in East Baton Rouge parishes in an effort to create what supporters call a pilot program that they say uh, would later be followed by a statewide system, though it's unclear how the statewide uh, system would work. The bill sponsor, uh, uh, Representative Villio, uh, said the goal is to bring down crime in the parishes with the highest crime rates by offering more transparency. Her her statement is this bill is about public safety and the public's right to know. Um, it would require that those three uh, localities, again, Orleans, East Baton Rouge, and Caddo Parish, uh, would have uh, have to create a publicly available electronic database of uh, entries from juvenile court hearings, uh, among other records. The website would be linked to uh, the website of the state attorney general's office. Um, supporters of the legislation uh, uh, include attorney general and gubernatorial candidate Jeff Landry. Um, it accomplishes a host of, uh, of things, but it also uh, is part of a, a larger bill package to address crime issues in the state of Louisiana. Um, we're going to watch this very closely. Uh, the bill passed relatively easily and now moves to the Senate for action. Another high-profile uh, issue uh, that was discussed last week and will continue to be discussions uh, throughout the session is abortion. Uh, there were bills to uh, tweak uh, the Louisiana uh, abortion ban bill, uh, and uh, the the tweaks would be that the uh, there would be and there was an effort to exempt rape and incest victims from the ban, and uh, particularly child victims. Um, so there uh, was pretty contentious. Uh, the, most Louisiana lawmakers oppose abortion. Edwards and other anti-abortion uh, Democrats have long pushed for rape and incest exemptions to the state's ban, which took effect after uh, the Supreme Court opened the door uh, on the overturning or changing of Roe v. Wade last summer. So it's going to be uh, that those bills failed. Um, right now, there are not uh, any bills that are uh, going to uh, um, affect this, but keep keep the conversation open because I think you'll see more in this before the uh, session ends. Uh, another major issue, and I say major, high-profile issue, is the issue of a bill dealing with pronouns. The Louisiana House of Representatives uh, passed a hotly debated bill that would require public school employees to use the names and pronouns on a student's birth certificate unless parents provide written permission to do otherwise. Uh, in this bill, employees who disagree with using other pronouns because of religious or moral convictions would not be required to do so. Uh, the bill sponsor is uh, Representative Raymond Cruz uh, from Bossier City. Uh, it passed the uh, 
lower chamber with a pretty strong vote, 61 to 33, and it now moves uh, next to the Senate. Cruz' bill is one of a number of measures under consideration in the legislature aimed at limiting the discussions of uh, sexual gender gender and identity at schools. Um, So uh, House Bill 81 was one of two approved by the House Education Committee uh, in late April that drew objections from advocacy groups. And so there are some other bills. uh, They don't say gay bill. uh, That is uh, Dodie Horton's House Bill 466. uh, And uh, that bill is moving along in the process. And so we'll see how uh, the uh, the pronoun bill moves. So on another front, uh, House Bill, we'll, we'll move now to film. Uh, House Bill 562 by uh, Speaker and Representative Sheck Snyder uh, will likely be debated on the floor sometime later this week or early next week after passing the Senate and Revenue Fiscal Affairs Committee. The legislation uh, took an amendment from uh, Chairman Allah. Uh, to shorten the sunset uh, from the 10-year 2035 sunset extension that was originally in the bill to a five-year extension uh, to the year 2030. So that bill will likely be on the Senate floor very soon uh, for action. There continues to be conversations about the spending cap, which I kind of brought up to you last week. Uh, There is pressure building on on the legislature to approve. They have to by resolution and a two-thirds vote uh, have to, uh, in each body, uh, approve um, busting the cap, as we call it, to spend the nearly $1.8 billion that uh, we have in excess. So, but there's, you know, a lot of conversations going on. The resolution, if it is passed, will be Senate Concurrent Resolution 3 by President Cortez uh, from uh, out of Lafayette. And uh, that's what will lead the conversation. Again, conventional wisdom is the Senate will bust the cap. They will get the two-thirds necessary, but for now, uh, the House uh, is going to be a different story. So uh, we move now to legislative pay raises. The House and Governmental Affairs Committee passed uh, HB 149 by Joe Marino of Gretna. Uh, The bill, remember, was amended to lower the raise from 60,000 per year uh, plus per diems to around 40,000 per year uh, plus per diems, and that would be based, there would be some formula where it would be based on um, median family earnings in Louisiana. Um, That legislation actually now moves to the Appropriations Committee because it has a fiscal note on it, and so it's not going to the House floor but to the Appropriations Committee, and we will hear more about it this week. On a somber note, I would like to take a moment to recognize... uh, and uh, memorialize my good friend and really everybody's good friend and long-term government, long, long-time government relations professional, Jim Harris. Jim Harris was uh, an icon of lobbying in Louisiana. Uh, Jim was a veteran business lobbyist who got his start in Louisiana politics working for then-Governor uh, Edwin Edwards. Uh, he died uh, a week ago. Uh, after a long illness. He was 77 years old. Um, uh, he uh, was diagnosed about a year ago with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and um, 
just, you know, was a, was a tough fighter and never wanted to give up and always wanted to come to work. So, uh, he was always a ha, Jim. You knew Jim when you saw him at the Capitol because he always was dressed to the tees. Uh, he had an incredible voice. Uh, he worked for forty years in a broad array of issues uh, in in the business community. He worked a lot in the petrochemical uh, industry. He was genial with just about everyone while uh, working with his uh, firm, uh, Harris Deville. Uh, it's unbelievable what an impact this guy had on uh, the uh, the lobbying core, his honesty, his integrity, his professionalism uh, was second to none. Uh, he started out as a radio talk show host with WJBO, for those of you who go back that far. Uh, Gus Weil, who uh, was a legendary political operative, took notice of his work and hired him to be the press secretary for Edwards' re-election campaign in 1975. Uh, after Ed- Edwards won, uh, Harris uh, served as the governor's press secretary. He worked in the ec- in economic development for Dave Treen before becoming a full-time lobbyist. He didn't have any enemies. Uh, he had a lot of friends, and he was uh, one of those guys uh, that, again, I could not go without saying his impact both uh, to the legislative community and to me personally. I considered him to be a mentor. Um, Jim leaves behind his two children and his wife, Linda, I know they are uh, heartbroken, but Jim was the standard of what government relations professionals uh, should be, simply the best. So uh, rest in peace, Jim. Uh, Godspeed. Remember that you can watch all of the action at the Capitol live or through archived video proceedings on the state's website. That website, again, is www.legis.la.gov. You can also download the new app which to me is a great way to follow everything on your phone. It's really designed and works really well on your phone. That app, uh, if you go to your app store, is L-A-L-E-G-E. That's L-A-L-E-G-E, L-A Ledge. Uh, They're both fantastic resources. Louisiana has the best resources when it comes to following along with what's going on in the Louisiana State Capitol and in the legislative process. So we are the Pelican Brief. You can follow us on social media, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our social media handle on all platforms is at Pelican Brief 225. That's at Pelican Brief 225. If you're listening to us but would prefer to watch us, you can watch us on YouTube at our channel. It is at the Pelican Brief 225. Uh, You can also uh, follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Please subscribe to our show. Please uh, subscribe uh, with our friends. Um, Remember, if you have any uh, issues that you would like to take a deeper dive into, or if you want us to, just let us know. You can post it on our feeds or email the show at thepelicanbrief225 at gmail.com. We're really excited uh, because on Wednesday of this week, we will release uh, our most recent episode with our guest, uh, John Cuvion from JMC Enterprises. John will talk to us about some recent developments in the governor's race and uh, it's a great show, and again, you can follow us on all those platforms and uh, our extensive conversation with John Cuvion uh, relative to uh, the governor's race. We've also 
Uh, we also have some other special guests that are coming up, but I'm going to save that until next week. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. And until next week, we are the Pelican Brief. <laughs> The Pelican Brief is an off-script production 